Welcome to But Why Though, the podcast, a roundtable conversation about all things pop culture with members of the But Why Though writing staff. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm joined this week by Kate. Hi. And Adrian. Hey, how's it going? Uh, this week, in light of Crunchyroll deleting Funimation properties from user libraries, we're going to talk about media preservation. And with that, we're also going to talk about piracy. We're not going to necessarily outright condone it for legal purposes. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what the conversation is just, you know, how do we how do we keep things moving? How do we keep things around? Uh, but first, we want to get into the news. So the big thing happened today. Well, sorry, the thing that was touted as big that happened today was the Xbox business update. Did you guys watch this? Yes, I did. Only because I was certain. And it wasn't even just people crying online. It was journalists buying into it and rumor milling the oh, hell yeah. out of it. So much like, hype it around made this. everything annoying. So I was like, I'm going to listen to this and see. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait because Xbox surely is not this stupid. Like they spent like $7 mm-hmm. billion dollars acquiring people. Like they're not going to become the most expensive third party party publisher. Oh yeah, not at all. But there was there was a lot of like beginning of the end talk around this, and you know, well, oh the, Xbox is putting the, what was yeah, what was the major thing? I, I didn't I didn't see it today. So, so the rumor was that Xbox was bringing all of its first party titles to other platforms, um, okay, yeah. like Starfield would be on PS Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like that there would be no reason to own an Xbox after this yes. because their exclusives would be elsewhere. What actually happened was that four games, which have not been named, except they clarified that Starfield and Indiana Jones are not a part and of this. And that two of them will be community focused and yes. two of them will be small titles. Hmm. Uh, those four titles will be going to other platforms. I don't even know if they specified what platforms. No, they, yeah, they just said other platforms, which Do I think the... So, Go ahead. Well, I was going to... So they haven't announced them, but I'm sure there's a bunch of speculation on like. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. right uh, now, three of them that they're assuming is Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, uh, Grounded, sea and, of I, thieves. and Sea of Thieves, which okay. all make like, all sound sea good. Of yeah. Thieves and Grounded yeah. make sense. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I have yeah. uh, Sea of Thieves on my Steam Deck, and I've played it with my uh, partner, and like, yeah. that's a great which, way to like, do it. Like, I you need already have it. To understand that xbox is technically not an exclusive publisher anyway because everything goes to pc and everything yes. is crossplay with pc um they don't time gate pc like sony does yeah that's great i didn't even know hi-fi was uh uh xbox exclusive i i a game's great like other people should be yeah, able to play tang- that it's sure. tango works which is only oh Bethesda. yeah yeah yeah, that game's great. I, and that, I think that's a good one to port over. But people were like really just thinking that that, that this was it. Xbox was just going to shoot itself in the foot after all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, well, so there was a couple rumors that came out. And then once those started picking up traction and like Kate was saying, like journalists going full rumor mill with it, Xbox just tweeted, hey, we have a big announcement next Thursday. And people were like, oh, so these rumors are true and you feel like you need to get ahead of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the rumors were like not even half true. Um, they had a lot of emphasis on, yeah, wanting cross-play, cross-save, cross-platform, like anywhere that they can be, they want to be yeah. is kind of seems like that's what their business model. I think one of the things that was really interesting for me was that like the majority of the like journalists that I saw talking about it, like they have like self-affirmed that they are mainly PlayStation players, like all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I think that like that is a lot that goes into it. And even if you take individual journalists out of it, I do when you look at the landscape of games criticism, PS5 mm-hmm. and PlayStation is heavy, like that is a heavy favorite because of the Japanese RPGs, because of the Japanese games mm-hmm. in general. And so I think that there's already an automatic bias that devalues what Xbox does and has done because the community aspect of of Xbox games, very specifically, things that are built not to be single player linear experiences is something that Xbox has done really well. And it's why I've stuck to it because I'm a person who likes playing with other people, whether mm-hmm. it's my husband or friends. Uh, and I think that like that helped facilitate the rumor because it has been the constant thing. Xbox doesn't have exclusives. Xbox doesn't have a yeah, God yeah. of War. It, even, Xbox even, doesn't have cinematic games. Even like the memes, right? Like how many like, oh, your Xbox yeah. controller is going to die or it only lasts like 30 minutes. The, it's, yeah. the, the slander has been there forever. So I think anything yeah. that they do is yeah. going to automatically yeah. come with extra sauce yeah, it on it. All, it all like just bought into it in like a way that is like extremely frustrating 
Um, and I, I also say this as someone, I, I do have a bias mainly because like I got rape and death threats for like months from PlayStation players. Uh, mm. so like, uh, go eat yeah. it. I don't care. Um, but I do think I do want to say like non-exclusive games helps the consumer. You should not have to spend $600 to play a big title. Games mm -hmm. should not win game of the year if it can only be played by a select group of people on the most expensive console on the market. That is not fair. Yeah. So creating equity of access to video games is a good thing. Driving down the price of video games is a good thing because that diversifies the industry. Yeah. Um, and Game anyway. Pass alone, I think, is yeah, and, and I think gets into our conversation yeah. a little bit about uh, preservation of like media. And, um, but Game Pass for me has changed like the game when it comes to my purchasing of video games. Uh, yeah, because I'm not, I don't want to spend seventy dollars on a game that I don't know if I'm going to like or spend X amount of hours in. So I've just been waiting for things to come out on Game Pass, and it's also allowed like me and my wife to you know replay Halo and do all of the, mm. these great things that if I had a PlayStation, I, I couldn't, I don't think I'd go back and play those things in the same manner or go, go jump on my PC and play them on PC mm -hmm. while my wife plays on the Xbox and vice versa. The, the, the versatility is just crazy. So any, any kind of like slander because of like, they, they think that they're, they say that they're going to do something to expand access seems wildly unfair. And people, those people clearly, yeah. those people, those people clearly don't have Xboxes. Um, me and Kate's first time playing together with, with Matt. And that's, that's, those are all Xbox days way before we had PCs to play on. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think a part of this too, is that the, the notion that you need exclusives to be viable in the console market is it's like 30 years outdated. Um, there was a time when that was true, but even back then it was more that you, you had your share by having the superior experience. Um, even like looking at when games launch on multiple platforms and, you know, people will go and look at how street fighter two played on Sega Genesis versus how it played on super Nintendo. And they'll be like, this is the better version. This is the better experience. Um, and with modern consoles, it's, you know, how are your menus? How's your navigation? How's your, you know, latency and your playback? Like you, you justify yourself by making the better product, not by like gating off what games are available. Um, not to say like if a developer chooses to gate something that's on them, but um, yeah, I feel like for console makers, it's, you know, make the better console and that's how you earn sales. Yeah. I, mean, I want to play God of War so bad, but, I don't, yeah. but I'm not buying a PlayStation to play it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I do understand like concern of, okay, well, if there isn't something exclusive, then you devalue the console. And I do think that that is ultimately fair. Um, however, I do know that Xbox is the cheapest console overall. And so to keep it in the ecosystem mm -hmm. just makes absolute sense. For Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody. the Series S alone. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, what a digital $300 plays everything exactly. slightly lower resolution than the Series X. Because um, I, I, I they, there haven't even been games that are exclusive to the Series X, right? There's just been, it's just that they look prettier. Yes. No, it, in, entirely. Yeah. And I think that like when you, when you look back and like you kind of mentioned Adrian, like Game Pass alone, Game Pass kind of equals a playing field for people who didn't have access or money. You can get yeah. four generations of games in one thing. And I think that that is something that as much as people like to crap on xbox there is something happening there that allows for diversity of the market in a way that playstation just does not allow um mm -hmm. because of the money barrier and and equity to access is something that you have to talk about accessibility isn't just being able to play a game because of disabilities that you have accessibility is also being able to buy the game the class yeah. divide mm -hmm. in gaming is a large issue so xbox is um confirmation and assertion on xbox everywhere dedication to cross play dedication to cross save that is actually something that builds community builds equity and helps keep your ecosystem going mm -hmm. yeah um, through the generations think, of games you have exactly exactly yeah. and that that they're is, all based around community themselves mm -hmm. it, it just builds upon itself it's great it's great yeah so yeah. i <laughs> like this is an Xbox podcast. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, unlike what the PlayStation people said on the pictures of me and my family, I am not paid by Xbox. Um, I wish they did. I would not be in as much debt as I am. But I, I think genuinely, you have to stay, take a step back and look at this from a consumer pro, from a consumer yeah. standard. 
Sony prices out everything when it can. Like they make high prices and they have only ever lowered when they have had immediate competition from Microsoft. Um, Didn't they raise the price of the PS5 in other yes! countries? Yes. And they like, did it with you, the PS3. Who does that? Who moves the needle the other direction? Sony? I mean, Sony yeah. is also the company that when the 3DS came out, they said like, no adult would be caught dead with one of those and $250 is too much for a handheld. And then six months later, they were like, so here's the PS Vita. It's $250 for a handheld. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what was that that you were saying? Like yeah. they, I mean, that era just got me because they ran their mouth so much with opinions like that and then immediately turned around and did it. Uh, and I, I do, I, I should say, I say this as someone who I literally just like two weeks ago got a PS5. Um, <laughs> and I, I am enjoying it, but also looking at it, it's like, oh yeah, like this costs money. Like it it came with the horizontal stand, but not the vertical stand because I got the slim. Um, uh... And the original model came with both. The new one, literally, it comes with two plastic tabs that clip into the side to lay it on its side and balance it. If you want to put it vertically, that's a $30 thing that like clips into the bottom. And so it's like, you guys really are just kind of like getting money wherever you want from this. Yeah. Um, Cause that, that seemed absurd to me. Like I opened it, got it out of the box and was like, wait, where's the vertical stand? Like, yeah. I don't I need say, it, but I thought it would be here. This comes after a PlayStation earnings call where they said that they will be moving their games to other platforms. Gaming yeah. is expensive and not sustainable. You can only mine an exclusive ecosystem for so long before you have to start expanding. It's why PlayStation yeah. started doing timed PC exclusives because there was money that they were leaving on the table when it comes to that. I am pro no exclusives because that is good. It, like Nintendo does not do sales on their things because they don't have to. And yep. like that's why you still have to pay $64 for a Mario game that's been out for six years. Like that's just the reality of it. And so once yeah. people stop like, Stop buying into this console war idea and like actually start thinking about what is good for the consumer. That mm -hmm. is when we can move past a lot of these people who have made their identities and hating Xbox, hating Xbox fans, hating PlayStation, hating PlayStation fans, and actually start moving forward in a situation where we are putting pressures on these companies to value the consumer and stop laying mm -hmm. off people. Ugh. Sorry, I'm very frustrated yeah. human when it no, comes to the gaming industry right now. It's it's incredibly frustrating as of late. I mean, and especially going back to like you were saying, you know, people, the animosity between the two and then Nintendo on the side just being like, what if we just back out of the fight and everyone likes us by default because we offer something secondary? Um, like their, their, their refusal to vie for the top spot is what has like kept them alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think we all remember like the the Wii and Wii U era where people were like, just stop making consoles and become Sega. Like, we don't need this. Put Mario on Xbox, and they were like, no, like we have some ideas. Um, <laughs> like we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, just all that to say, like I like what Xbox is doing and how they're positioning themselves. And I think that um, going back to what I was saying earlier about like you make the better console and the better experience, that's also part of what they're aiming to do. Like they yes. said. Yes, we will put our games other places, but we are still going to strive to make the best experience of them yeah. our console. Like, we're not going to hinder the other releases, but, like, we're going to just make it where, like, yeah, it works really good on our stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun experience to play on our stuff. And, like, our party chat works well. And, um, you know, like, there's a lot of things you can do to make it a good experience. And so, yeah, um, I like what they're doing, uh, but other than those big feelings. And their, yeah, controllers, are, and their controllers are cuter. You their never, controllers never, are yeah. Their you never see a cute PlayStation controller again. Back to the no. back to the consumer base. <laughs> if you want a pretty controller, no, and you have genuinely. people like Kate who are gonna buy cute controllers. If, no, if you I, Kate, you posted I a picture have, recently, and I it have is a soccer blossom one. Like, it is adorable. No, yeah. So that is actually something. This is neither here nor there, but something that I've actually appreciated. Like the first pink controller that came out was Xboxes, and I I found it in a store in a random GameStop store it was when I was still working there I called everywhere to get it and consistently like PlayStation does have like pink skins or like a hot pink controller but mm -hmm. Xbox makes so many variances that are so absurdly girly that they yep. make me so happy because they act like me finding things that aren't black and red is very hard I want pink yeah um, well, and that they they also did the design lab which was huge where yeah. it's like yeah. hey just design oh, your yeah, like 100% 
Yeah. yeah. Like I did my own. I so there's also it's not nearly as lucrative as it used to be, but there's the Xbox or the Microsoft Rewards program where you can just like rack up points and cash them out for gift cards. I think I bought myself a controller through design lab i bought my wife a controller through design lab using that and i think i paid for 80 percent of our xbox series x using that hey, program there you go alex um, well so yeah like all i have to say like xbox is a great place to be and we do endorse it and this is an xbox podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh but um yeah moving on to the main segment I mean, I said media More preservation. Is this Sony, just a actually. is this just a piracy episode? Is that what this is actually about? Yeah, kind of. But we can um, start because so, it's also Sony's yeah, yeah, fault yeah. that this is happening. It is. So Sony owns Crunchyroll. They bought them a few years ago, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Crunchyroll recently acquired Funimation. Sony uh, and acquired so, Funimation. Or yeah, Sony acquired Funimation and was like, we're going to merge them. And part of that merge is that these digital libraries you have through Funimation uh, are going away. Because all of that stuff is already on Crunchyroll, so you don't need to own it. You can just stream it. And this is, so it's a little bit dicey because the like support pages for Funimation were like, you can watch these forever. There's not a limit on it. But then the terms of service was like, we can yoink this when we want. Yeah, as every basically. digital library says. Exactly. Um, and so this kind of like reinforces a, a growing trend, I guess, with digital goods and with streaming services where things are at best unpredictable this situation and at worst just like deeply unreliable um so that looks like things being moved between services at random or like netflix has seasons one through three and season four is on hulu and season five is on like Tubi, and like you know then you have to go back to uh there's a whole page online for how to watch pokemon yeah and you have to have like four streaming services yeah. uh to get through all of it and then there's things being removed before they would be relevant on a calendar. Like Friday the 13th will stop being available on mo on streaming services right before a Friday the 13th, like pretty consistently. Um, spooky stuff goes away in October a lot, although sometimes it comes back in like bigger force. Um, but like the iconic classic titles will disappear. Yeah. So um, and then there's also the WB shenanigans that we are all aware of, um, not just canceling things before they're even released and threatening to delete them, but like. Uh, Final Space survived multiple mergers. It's a, a adult animation set uh, sci-fi, and the creator basically had to like have repeated meetings with execs and beg to be allowed to finish his show. Uh, and they landed on you can do a graphic novel, but you're gonna have to like either find a publisher or self-publish it. We're not gonna help you. Yep. Um. And then there is Disney putting Willow in the vaults. Like, yeah, that was. It just it sucks. Do you guys have any like? Do you want to hop in with any thoughts or any other examples? From from when you started, when you said you have to go to this service to watch this part, uh, do we, this service to this part, this service to this part is consistently why I've started to buy DVDs again. Uh, not full yes. price because they're god so expensive to buy. I forgot how expensive it is to buy DVDs. Uh, yeah, but just because I'm just tired of like being shucked, uh, shunned, well, and, and it's, shucked around it's to every expensive. streaming service who's going to just raise their price and, and, and all these things. So it, it's been rough, rough these last uh, couple of years for, for me as someone who like likes to watch the same thing over and over for, for comfort. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's everything gets bounced around too much to, to be able to have any consistency to the point where I've started to go buy, you know, movies from 2000 and you know, six because I can't find. I, I think honestly, this might be the year that I set up a Plex server and just digitize my collection, um, just for the sake of doing it, and also to give us some breathing room if we decide we do want to start canceling subscription services. Because um, I, I think Adrian, on the note of like buying stuff, like that's where the preservation comes in. Is it's not just about I can't find things, or it's hard to find things, or I need to spend too much money. It's like it's just unreliable, and it seems like it's better to just own things physically in a way that can't be taken away when a licensing agreement falls through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's one of the uh, other things that like you have to like factor into this too, is like video games from the perspective. So like spec ops, line yep. was just taken off of digital storefronts because of um light licensing lapses, which means you cannot buy it. You can still play it if you owned it, but you can't buy it. Um, and Which is too bad because I was gonna be like, go buy it and play. It, yeah, is my like, immediate and, reaction. And like the developer had no idea that it was happening and like couldn't explain it and like doesn't really know how to fix it. And like digital libraries. So I, this is a weird episode for me. So I am all mm -hmm. for physical media 
as preservation. That is like, that is fact. Like that is what it has become, whether it's in a personal sense or in actual libraries doing it or actual Mm -hmm. archivists. But from a personal standpoint, I prefer digital libraries because it is easier. I can buy cheaper hardware that does not need discs to run things like the Xbox Series Mm -hmm. S. I can just work through libraries. I can be non-committal and not, you know, spend money to own something. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think and I was like, okay, so like that access, I think digital works from a perspective, I think in TV and movies in a better way because you have cheaper prices and allows more access to them. Video games is still the exact same price, even if you have a company like Ubisoft who is like very solidly like pushing towards digital only and telling you that you're just going to be okay mm-hmm. with not owning your games. Like I, I still can't believe. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, but they're still the same price. So they're not actually yeah. removing any of the costs that goes into packaging or anything like that. They're still pushing out $70 titles. And so what it all comes back to is that idea of like bottom line capitalism versus what's good for the consumer. And ultimately mm-hmm. as somebody who views pop culture is like something deserving of historical preservation like we need piracy now more than ever to make sure stuff doesn't get lost like video game emulator and emulator devs are doing so much work to ensure that the games that get made now or were made in the past can have can be preserved for future generations in some way shape or form and companies don't want that because they don't want to lose money but ultimately there have been things shown. I think HBO is a really good example. When you have a highly pirated show, it actually doesn't hurt you. More people yeah. still come and become a part of the fandom and go into something. And it's very similar mm-hmm. with something like video games. Um, I have been thinking leading up to this episode of like what physical things I buy. Manga is one of them. That's yeah. simply because I do not like the way manga looks digitized. Uh, but yeah. on top of that, I have a couple of manga volumes that are out of print. They don't make them anymore. And when I found them at Half Price yeah. Books, I bought them because they were like these holy grails of things that I mm-hmm. never thought I could own. And I think that that is something, especially when you're looking at any sort of media that isn't that has to go through localization and translators and licensing to get housed in another country, the chances of mm-hmm. that leaving is even higher. Um, and I think yeah. that that's exactly what has been happening, happening with the Funimation and Crunchyroll stuff is yep. that Funimation, Funimation proper had licenses to certain dub arcs of One Piece. They are not all on Crunchyroll yet. They had certain access to certain dubs that, are not on Crunchyroll yet. And there is no confirmation if they will ever come because licenses from Japan are made with individual companies, not with overheads. And that is something that is going to be extremely interesting to see how that shakes out. Because this is ultimately a crusade for the preservation of the things that we love. And Plex servers are doing the work of keeping that alive. So here's something that kills me, and this is this is only tangentially related, but I just remembered um, several years ago, 2020, Crunchyroll funded a podcast called Anime in America. If you it, like, you don't necessarily need. To, I thought it was very good, um, but episode one is titled "In the Beginning There Was Fan Subs." Mm-hmm. I like. I don't know that there is a community more committed to piracy than anime fans. Yeah, and so, that's the only way you could watch it back in the day was to pirate. And Crunchyroll, it. <clears throat> and Crunchyroll funded a podcast about it. They know that this is a thing, and then they come out swinging with deleting digital libraries out from under users as a piracy website. That too. That yeah. is like, very specific. Yep. Crunchyroll exists. Yeah, how it exists today. Because Crunchyroll literally walked into the offices of the owner of Naruto and was like, here are our piracy numbers for watching Naruto the next day that comes out. These can be yours. And now now I will say, from what I have seen, this is a Crunchyroll decision enacted by Sony. And what happens mm. when you merge things? 
And that yeah. is the larger issue. So I'm not like Crunchyroll has its own things that it has to deal with. But more largely, this happens because Sony pushed an acquisition to have yeah. a monopoly on anime distribution in the United States. And it's the same thing that is happening with Right Stuff Anime, which was the uh, physical goods seller that they just bought that had the lowest prices, prices in the industry. They shipped through media mail. They were great. They had access to titles you could only get in Japan as well. And now Crunchyroll owns yep. them. So it's it's the merger and the mergers and acquisitions side that I think um, not to like take any flack off of them, but that yeah. is the thing that is also pushing a lot of these decisions. These companies are getting oh, totally. larger, which means their overhead is getting higher, which means they're having to make all. They're not having to. They are choosing to make these types of decisions to push everything yes. back into the center of their ecosystem. Yeah, and it's just, well, and I, I think the thing that kills me with this move specifically is that part of their logic was it's available on Crunchyroll, so you're not losing anything, but that is a subscription. Like, yeah. saying, well, you could pay us to access it, so it doesn't matter that you don't own it anymore, doesn't work. Like, that's, I mean, it, you're they're basically just saying, like, we'll just keep paying for it, and it's like, no, I already did pay for it, mm -hmm. which, again, goes back to why I'm like, this is the year that I'm just going to digitize my library, set up a Plex server, have my own private Netflix that I use. Um, yeah. and then stop worrying about paying people for it. Yeah. And Adrian, I do also like your idea of like setting aside, I think we had talked about this off mic, but just setting aside a little bit of money every month and then investing that in growing your library. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I, I think, um, Kate, I, I love what you said about like the, the two sides of it. Cause I, I completely agree. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. I, I love, I like, I, I haven't bought a physical video. I mean, you can't even buy physical video games anyway. You get, you, it's a box with a code on it. You can't even buy physical game video games anyway. But for, for DVDs for me, it's been like a collecting thing for me, for, like in my family for like a long time. Um, and when I moved, my dad gave me like his collection. So I have like like 300 something DVDs plus mm -hmm. of just random, random stuff. And my, my wife and I, we, we sat down and we kind of like put it into like a little bit of a library once uh, one of our shows that we really liked was, was uh, leaving one of, the plat one of the streaming services that we pay for. Um, and it's just been really, really great. And I think like a Plex server... The, the more you build it out, I think that the, the less desire I have to ha even have streaming services if I can do that. And then we yeah. set aside a little bit of money and it's not even to like buy brand new DVDs because those are so expensive. Uh, like, I don't know if you've looked They're, at a, a Blu-ray oh yeah, 4K I mean, disc is so much money. It used to be that DVDs, well, so when Blu-rays were like really taking off, it was like the Blu-ray of a new release was 20 to $25. The DVD was like 15 to 18. And now it's like, guaranteed 20 for the dvd guaranteed 25 for the blu-ray yeah, and 30 and that's, and that's minimum too, for the 4k yeah and there's so much new stuff out that i don't even want to pay pay that so I, I i go the the digital library route there and i have a big library on my my google movie youtube whatever thing uh mm -hmm. because like like kate said it's just cheaper to buy it that way a lot of the times for for the for some of the oh, things yeah. but for some of like like the older school things where i can't find them anywhere or their license ends uh i think training day is a big one for me i like watching training day and i think i've watched it on like four different platforms in the last year alone and it's leaving netflix yeah. and it just got on netflix and it's leaving again uh so yep. a movie like that that i can buy for like maybe 10 bucks on amazon and get shipped to yep. my house I'm, I'm doing for any of those like really good comfort things that i turn to streaming services mm -hmm. for if i can't find it there um, and I invested a little bit more in, in getting the, the series X for like that exact purpose to be able to still be able to play my DVDs. If my internet goes down, Oh yeah. Uh, shout out Comcast, uh, <laughs> wherever you are, stop. We uh, know you're listening. We know you're listening and it's just, it's just been really great. So I, I can see, I can see both sides for sure, but I'll, I don't think I'll ever yeah. stop physically buying DVDs yeah. for stuff that I'm really, really as long as it's an option. I think it's but been this it's been harder for me to defend all digital as stuff just keeps getting pulled and in a race. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's just, okay. Do you, do you buy any, any of like the, the animes on in physical or are you just, are you just so, streaming for those? I, so I don't, I'm only streaming, but I've been able to get my hands on some and I just do like the idea of having them. Yeah. Um, but I, and I think a lot of it is like access to, what is it called? There's a specific money. Uh, disposable income. I yes. don't yeah. have as yes. much disposable <laughs> income yeah. as I would uh, or as I have had previously in my life. So I don't even buy manga anymore. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is one of those things. So I did used to buy TV shows full sale before there was Netflix and everything like that. I yeah. did used to buy anime. I have like almost all the Inuyasha movies. Because yeah. it used to be the only way that you could watch them. You had to go and you had to go buy the, the DVDs. Mm-hmm. And it is one of those things, like, as licensing is getting even more cutthroat in the anime sphere, like, that is probably the one thing I could see. I own some, like, I have Jujutsu Kaisen Season 1, I have Bleach, mm-hmm. I have all the Castlevanias, but those were, those were press things. Yeah. yeah um, well, well, maybe that's why I asked, I like right? Because I them, because yeah, I have It's them scary. There. Because yeah. uh, of of all the of all the things we've talked about, anime feels like the one that it feels like is getting the licenses are volatile. They're, they're so so volatile. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the only physical anime that I have, I have like uh, all of Yu Yu Hakusho and all of Dragon Ball Z. And if you know me, those are my two favorites. So those physical, yeah. if they if, if stuff goes away tomorrow, I know for sure that I can still pop in that DVD and go through yeah. the the Cell Saga and, and, and be okay. But it feel for me, it feels like man, maybe I need to go back and uh, put some of and go go to like the local video store or something and see if I can find some of those old yeah. school animes. Uh, yeah. uh, well, and sets. so that that brings up something I was thinking about because looking at this like more less as an issue of like preservation and everything, but like looking at the issue of preservation more intersectionally and like people getting priced out because it's like you were saying it's not a cheap hobby, but you can also get priced out literally by your taste. Yeah. And by like how rare the things you want are, yeah. because if you are into a genre that's not popular, they're not printing as many copies. They're not keeping things like on a, you know, print on demand type service. And so it's like, oh, you really like that movie. Well, we only ever printed like a thousand. And so you can go on Amazon and spend $80 for a DVD mm-hmm. um, or you can just never have it because it's not streaming anywhere because we didn't think anyone would want that. Um, and that is why people sail the seas. Pirate everything. Um, yeah, it's 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 that specifically is, is is so tough, especially even for even the old old ones are are super hard to find. Uh, I, I wonder. No, it's okay. Sorry, sorry, out. Uh, no, no, Alex, you know you're you're just, good. Like th- like this is what the conversation is. Like I so I'm a big fan of the Game Boy, and that mm-hmm. is one that comes up where piracy comes up a lot because um, it's this thing of the games are not still being sold by and large. Um, Like at most Nintendo has switch online where you can play some game boy games. Like they shut down the E store on the 3ds. So you can't buy them there anymore. And like the number of times I've seen in like forums and Twitter and whatever, where people are like, let me pay you for this. Like, I do not want to spend a hundred dollars on a cartridge that may or may not work. And it's like, my options are that or pirate it because you won't sell it to me. Like, and that is like, that is one where it's, again, it's an expensive thing and there's a whole like intersectional price class component to it. But like the refusal to make things available when people want to buy them is kind of what's making preservation so necessary and like why piracy becomes an important part of preservation. It does. It does. And that's like, that is where we are. Like we, that is where we are existing. That is what's happening. I also think like, and this is probably like not popular um i do so i say this with the caveat that if you read fan translated manga or manhwa uh, or 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 manhwa which are like mm-hmm. uh, if you read comics from japan korea or china um and they are not officially released in the u.s one of the things that you can do as a reader of those pirated things is you can request platforms and publishers pick up those licenses I did yes. that for Yakuza Fiance and it got picked up and I went out and I've been, I I was buying all the volumes that I could when I had the extra cash. Mm-hmm. But like that is another one of those things is like we if we look at piracy as preservation like that is what it is becoming. It is also especially for foreign media is a way to actually get things get investment in your country in your sector from your mm-hmm. publishers to have something officially licensed. Now that does come with the caveat that you should go buy the thing again. Um, But, and and I think if you have been in the trenches reading some of the most horrible fan translated things, you will buy it again anyway, because you know how good, how like what an actual localizer is and somebody using Google Translate is. But like, that is another level to it like piracy piracy gives more access and i'm not going to tell people how to do it i don't know how to run a plex server 
I may or may not have a friend who lets me use theirs and I have put, I may have or may not have put some Korean dramas on there that aren't available on any platforms in the US yet. But yep. yeah, like it's, I don't know where that was going. That was. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, how else are you going to be able to watch it? Right? Like, there, yeah. I think there's just no way to do it. I, um, I, I've been, I will. I will have say that I do pirate things <laughs> and have been pirating things since I was a wee lad. My first Dude, Xbox going to the was flea market and buying yes, five dollar DVDs like that. Come that on. for like six years of my life, that is how we watched movies. Yes, yeah. Exactly. And then you're like, "What do you mean this isn't a real copy of RoboCop?" Exactly. And that. And then once I actually got money, what did I do? I went and bought the things. I am buying these yeah. DVDs now because I used to pirate them and watch them with yeah. my dad and, and, and all these. My the Xbox, the first Xbox I ever had. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have an uncle who's really good at computers, and he modded my first Xbox. And I had so many games that I never would have had access to without the the modification I had on my OG Xbox. And now I pay for Game Pass so I can go back and play Fable One and. Fable mm-hmm. Two and all of those things. So the, it's a direct like it, it should, piracy leads to things. We've seen it so many times, and the fact that they're doing all of these just I'm just country roll. Come on, please. Yeah, it's it's bad. So okay, here, here's a question I have for you guys: Are there platforms that you trust? No, oh. I don't trust any company in existence. They are there That's to make fair. money. They are there to yeah. lay you off when they when they when they claim to have hard times but are making profit. No. And if you mm-hmm. trust any company, you are stupid. Yep. They don't like you. They Sorry if anybody had an answer to that. But I No, no, like, no. I mean, the, no, no what that's, else is the answer? Yeah. Well, cuz I like I as I when I was writing that question down when I was, you know, figuring out what we want to talk about, I was like I don't I mean, there are platforms that I find to be more reliable but I don't trust them to keep my content there and for my library to be accessible. Like I like I'll buy movies that come with digital codes and I will redeem those digital codes. I do not get rid of the movies after I have redeemed the code. Like I hold on to that because chances are I'm going to need it. Like I, you know, that is, that is the backup. Um, And even when I, the few movies that I've bought on there digitally that I don't have a physical copy of, I'm either like, how do I get a physical copy or I get it on sale so that if I do lose it, it's like, okay, I said goodbye to $5. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, there's just like, there's, there's nothing that you can trust, especially because even if the company like Funimation saying like, yeah, you can look at these for literally as long as you want. Like it's a, it's a perpetual ongoing thing. They can get bought by somebody else. And guess what? Maybe they get bought by someone that you shouldn't trust. And now like, you know, you went all in with Funimation, built a huge library, and then someone else bought it, and now yeah. your library's gone. Yeah. I think the only companies, quote-unquote, that I trust are Criterion, and and, and trust is light, because uh, they can always get acquired and become oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome and Criterion for films, specifically. And the reason I say this is because Vinegar Syndrome is... Like, Vinegar Syndrome has literally remastered porn, and resold it so that it wouldn't get lost to the annals. Like, like, yes, that that is the like that is the depth at which Vinegar Syndrome, as a VHS recreator, as a DVD creator, is preserving movies from the seventies, eighties, nineties. Like that, that is what they are doing. Criterion is also working in the preservation space where it is re-releasing certain films that have probably gone out of print or you did not get when it first came out. And I think that that is also vital. However, Criterion is owned by a larger company now, which is something that you should be weary of. Um, But I think that those are the only two. And I guess for like gaming, maybe something like I am 8-bit, which makes physical, like physical releases for digital games. But in so far as a company that I trust that is just giving me digital product, I trust none of them. Mm -hmm. Except that you don't own any of it. Because I bought the notebook in the Microsoft store like 13 years ago and that shit's gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, um, I stopped I stopped trusting companies when I lost uh, all of my MySpace videos. Mm. All of my oh. edited World of Warcraft videos that I put it on my MySpace page that no one watched, but I used to go back and watch. Gone. Gone. Can't find mm. them. They're they're literally gone. Gone forever. 
So no, I don't. I, for 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 the physical media, no. If it's like company wise, Costco. Costco, Costco, HEB still got my heart in, co- in terms of corporations for for sure. HEB for sure. God, I miss you, HEB. I love you. I miss you as a Californian now. I miss you, HEB. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I miss um, about, sorry, sorry. We're, no, you're good. We're Keep tangentially going. related. I miss HEB for their five dollar movie bins because Best Buy. Oh, I love taking through a bargain bin. Best Buy doesn't have them anymore. And I remember yeah. that being a way for me to go get some cheap movies or to go. I remember buying the whole Underworld series for like $10 because it was like on yep. a super sale in, well, in a Best Buy bin. But they're, they're gone. You can't you can't go buy so the things from Best Buy anymore. But you can do it from H-E-B. Last time I was this, this raises something that, that I was thinking about. So Best Buy got rid of physical media. Uh, targets across the country have been either significantly downsizing or like getting mm-hmm. rid of their physical media. So like, what is the future for physical media? I think I, is Walmart the only God, retailer that hasn't pulled out? We haven't even talked about music. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you, found like, the killers from a $5 bin at Target. Yep. <laughs> that was how I bought Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I, I think, I think what, what I was going to ask is like, how bad right now are we missing like blockbuster Hollywood video? Oh yeah. And record stores and all of we, these things. I'm lucky been... to live in a city that has those things, but I'm like, I know that we're weird for having those things. Oh, um, or at least for having like a video rental store. Well, and I think the other thing that like, I do want to say like, this is like the, the issue that comes with preservation in any form. Like, I think we've talked or I, we've talked a lot about like monetary access to things mm-hmm. and what happens with preservation spaces and what happens with things that become kitschy and niche, like going in person and finding a video, like that type of stuff yeah. is that it, that also comes at a higher price that then yep. prices more people out from the experience that they could have gotten before. Yeah. Um, which isn't but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like existing. Ba- yeah. I'm but... saying like back in the day when it was cheaper, when that oh, was like yeah, the only no. way we, I like I'm talking about like that era, so like that era yeah. of being able to, I, and I think that would solve so many of these problems we're having. If we could just go back into uh, a physical place and get those movies from the eighties and nineties and seventies that are yeah. having to be yeah. know, preserved pirated. If I could just go get them from a store, um, I, I'd pay, I'd pay the money for it, but it, I think that that communal experience is definitely missing from being able to pop mm-hmm. in and buy a, a, a three ninety nine and get thing it, off get of Amazon. It, get recommendations from somebody too. Yes, I, yes. I, I miss it. I, I think I really do miss it. I think um, we we had a friend come over and we showed them like our, our DVDs, and it was like they she picked like this obscure movie that I got for like my great uncle who. Um, passed away but also had a big dvd collection and they took it and borrowed it and got to go watch this obscure horror movie that you can't find anywhere and i think like that experience is like sorely missing from this whole kind of media consumption experience in general of and i think that, that gets lost in physical because media. that's the difference it's consumption now it is about yeah. consuming yes. it as fast as you can and never going back to it because there's so much to offer which is funny because there are TV shows that engaging, you're consuming now. There are TV shows that the first three seasons of them I know like by heart because those are the DVDs that I was rewatching constantly while waiting for season four. Dude, I and then Dexter, I watched season four, like not quite as much hand. while waiting for five. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there is something fun to going back. I actually, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not. Um, I've recently gone back to using my iPod as like a main source of music mm-hmm. and like the repeat listen, like, has helped me absorb music so much better than like hopping around on Apple music or on Spotify. Um, and it's like, yeah, I think I'm actually going to stick with this. Like it, I, I, I mean, yes, I have to buy the music to listen to it, but that I also have a library where I can check things out and then rip the discs, um, throw it in iTunes. Like, but it's been this change of like, Oh, I'm actually like listening to things multiple times and absorbing it and enjoying it. Um, and I don't know the last time that I did that with music other than like a handful of albums that I already knew I really liked. Um, and yeah, I, I think just the way that we engage with like the point of streaming is to dilute your taste and divorce you from the idea that you own anything. Yeah. And, and um, I, I think what we also really miss and what I've really, really enjoyed about going back and getting the physical media is things like director's commentary. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can put everything on these streaming services, but you miss like the deleted scenes, the director's commentary, the ability to like skip to scenes. And uh, it, I think a lot of that gets lost to 
in and I and that's why I love I I, I got the, the the train I back to training day I got the training day thing and I watched it with the director's cut and it was like uh, a much different experience and I would have never been able to have that if I just popped it on on Netflix to to, to yeah. watch in the background um, and even just as an art form being able to have a director director's commentary anymore I, if, oh, yeah. if you asked a uh, someone in like a younger generation like what a director's commentary is they would have no idea what what mm-hmm. that is for for consuming a movie because again it's back to that consumption and not just yep. enjoying the media for what it is i mean i remember buying the ma- or getting the matrix on vhs i think as like a birthday present and seeing that it was like oh if you wait till after the credits there's like a 15 minute featurette on how they film bullet time yeah. and being like wait there's what now like i can like i can just like watch like a documentary about this um and that was really cool um, and yeah, I think like behind the scenes, special features, because even like uh, Voodoo, when you redeem digital codes, will have some of that stuff, yeah. but not all of it and not for everything is yeah. the other thing. The, cool. the only one, the only one that I'll give the pass on is Prime, because Prime, when you watch stuff, it gives you the x-ray things. And yeah. if you oh, uh, yeah. that, okay. back of this back at the start of the pandemic, we we did like uh, Fast and the Furious, like Tuesdays, and we mm-hmm. did just some movie things to, uh, uh, in the Discord. And we would, sometimes we would look at the, the x-ray stuff and you would just see just random facts about the thing. And I think that's more back to the old school way of looking at things. But I don't even know how much those are even a part of their new... Uh, media because no one's really doing the special features yeah. or the deleted scenes if you're watching it on streaming. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you guys that I had in all of this. And I, I the answer seems pretty obvious to me, but like, is it bad that audiences feel responsible for, for preserving things? Yes and no. So the... <laughs> This is something that has existed for as long as we've created things. The preservation of materials falls on the communities that are consuming the materials because all it takes is one person outside of the outside of that community or culture to then destroy it. Like preservation of stories, preservation of languages, preservation of oral traditions, written traditions, all of that always falls back on the community in which is producing that material to save from something that is coming out from the, from a force on the outside that is looking to remove it. And mm. I, I don't, and that's not to equate Netflix, not letting you buy one of their things physically or uh, Ubisoft, like telling you to get ready to not owe your game to some of like the larger historical atrocities that have, have led to that erasure of culture and, and narrative. But it is like, this has historical precedent. Like, there are languages mm-hmm. that no longer exist because people just do not speak them anymore because of, like, colonialism and genocides and yeah. assimilation. There are stories that are only, that, like, were written down in their 10th form and we've lost the nine other forms before that happened. Um, like, that is something that, like, it is bad, but a thing with power is never going to want to preserve art. Yes. That has well, and been I, I think it's also time and time again. Yeah. I think for me, it's that like, it's good that we want to preserve things because that comes from a place of like enjoyment that we like it and we want to keep it. The, I think the problem is like our motivator currently yeah. is that the idea of like power doesn't care about preserving it is in full force right now. Yeah. Like WB is literally threatening to delete films they haven't released yet to just make them literally never exist yeah and it's well, like that's an absolutely insane thing well and that um, and that all comes back down to how much you value culture and art like do you think it is something yeah. that is vital to encapsulating a culture at any given time or do you think that it is something that is transactional and once it's been watched once can just go away like that like that is what that is like it, it, it's capitalism at yeah. play and and, mm-hmm. it, and it sucks and it's not right but it is long story tradition of stuff ownership. not being yeah. around <laughs> ownership's important we, we love it as a species we love to own things like well, what's that like the the it, very simply like what's that meme uh where it's like i made this and then he gives it to somebody and he's like oh yeah <laughs> like i made this like ownership's important for us as a species yeah. so for yes. me i love the fact that i own 
X amount of DVDs because those are mine. I can put those in. Yeah. I can give them to people. I can trade them. I can do whatever with them because they are mine. I don't know that for all of the the, the media that I have in in my digital yeah. collections, and I don't. Yeah. I definitely know that I don't really have them because they're going away at, at such a fast pace that it feels mm-hmm. uh, impractical at this point to to invest in in things that I care about that I care about right that I want ownership of in a digital format when I can you know get it physically somewhere somehow whether it's legally or pirating it which is obviously easier yeah I also think like um to your point Adrian like I have like I like things that's why I have so many statues <laughs> yes and yeah it's, we, we, but... we like things we like it but the funny thing is, is like I I sold some of my manga to a friend recently when he came over, and it was weird because I thought I was gonna feel weird about shrinking my manga collection. Mm-hmm. But it felt good because he was like, "I like these things. Curate me books, and I'll buy them from you." And I was like, "Oh shit, this is cool!" And it, it yeah. but it's because I'm giving them something that they can now read and consume and not i don't want to say consume but yep. read and internalize and engage with and i'm like i'm giving that story to somebody else to now go do and that yes. feels different than crunchyroll saying you no longer own like your yeah. anime yeah that that random yeah. dvd that i gave i don't know if i'll ever see it again but i know that person's gonna have some enjoyment by by having it i i've i've lent out mm-hmm. my dragon ball series to people who weren't anime fans and now they are anime fans because able to give them, you know, a physical set of DVDs. Okay, um, I, I I let you borrow my extended edition of, of Lord of the Rings for for years. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, it's yeah. it, it, that, that and that's super cool. Like that feeling is great. That feeling is so great, and it can't go away, man. It can't go away because it devalues yep. the whole experience of consuming art. It's and all of the work that these wonderful people put in. Like we're coming off of like strikes for these people yeah. to be recognized and and They're... the more that I buy the physical or the more that I buy the digital media or more, the more that I stream these services mm-hmm. on the more that I feel like I'm not contributing to any of these people like being able to actually have their art recognized for yeah. the the great stuff that it is because it just just go away because somebody on some company said so. Yeah, it's I can, I'm trying to find the way to say it but it's like very much in the spirit of like seize the means of production. Where yeah. it's like, like take ownership of stories like that. Like stories are important and community is important and they intersect constantly and you can share them and it's excellent. And like that, like that's what I love about having a library of games and of books and of board games and movies. And like, I have all of these things that I can then lend to people. And like, it's a point of connection and a way of, of bringing people together. Like you guys were talking about. And so, yeah, like my, like I, if this episode has a message, it's like, Stories are good and sharing them is good and do that however you can. <laughs> it's primal, prehistoric sharing stories is yeah. important. And if you take those away because of profit margins and all of this licensing stuff, I think it really devalues like what we're doing. And I think that if if we need a hero, I really do think it's like a blockbuster or a Hollywood video. Yes. I don't care if you're like redoing it and if it's like some retro thing, just bring it back, make it a bigger thing so we can have reason for people to be like, oh, okay. People actually do care yep. about this physical media because I think, unfortunately, I think it's like in our hands and as consumers to consume less of the digital. But then you price it. It's just such a like tough spot to be in. And we're only in it because of like corporate greed. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's an insane thought. And just tell me how you feel about it. Is piracy the 21st century version of oral tradition? Yeah. Where we're passing things yeah. along. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like that. There's a title right there. <laughs> Piracy's <laughs> oral tradition. I like it. it like that's it's kind of what it feels like where it's like, yeah, I got this movie. Let me throw it on a flash drive for you so you can also watch this movie. Plex yeah. people who made you it. Know? Dude, no, burning I, CDs. Actually scratch it. That was my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Shout out, shout yeah. out Laps Napster LimeWire. And the we the thing you. here that I the thought I just had is the reason that we do this is because I almost said the people who made this don't want you to see it. And that's not the case. No. Well, unless it's like, you know, the day the clown cried. Um, but it's like, 
it's that the people who own this yeah. don't care about you seeing it. Well, and that distinction between ownership and creatorship is so frustrating and such a big yeah. part of film and games right now. And it sucks too, because I do think we've talked all about this from a consumer perspective and not mm-hmm. like a creator perspective, which I think is, I mean, none of us are creators. Um, I, I do know there are a few creators that listen to this and maybe they're like screaming at us for like telling people to like that, that pirating is fine. But I think that like, Pirating is fulfilling a void and piracy piracy Mm -hmm. is fulfilling a function because it feels like work is about to be lost. And I remember, I don't remember, I don't, it was one of the animation directors on like a Cartoon Network show was like, here is my entire show in a Google Drive format because I want you to watch it. And I think Cartoon Network's going to delete it. And like, I, I do think that, like, up to a certain point, like, if there are legal means of access that, that will allow you to give money back to these people, do it. Mm-hmm. If oh, yeah, definitely strong-armed by corporations to consume it in one specific fashion that does not give that back, why not just give your time to a Plex server instead? Yeah, and we didn't even really talk about, like, the sports aspect of this because oh, I'm an yeah. avid, oh. I'm an avid streamer of sports. I'm not yeah. paying Dana White any money. Dana White gets none of my money to watch UFC fights, but if there's a fighter who is sponsoring this thing, I'll buy your hot sauce. I'll I'll buy whatever to make sure that people are actually getting supported because it's, it was, when it comes to sports, you, this money yeah. none of the money that we're spending for all these things goes to the players or to the fighters, especially for 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 MMA. So no, Dana White, you're not getting my money. I will go buy my favorite fighters things to make sure that they're actually paid a living wage while you you know sit on your 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 high horse. Um, because mm-hmm. streaming in itself is a stream of, of former piracy that we didn't even really talk about today. But it's really hard to be able to give money to people who know don't really deserve it, and it's getting harder to do that when it comes to some of these yeah. streaming services who continually add to my bill every single month. Where we've mm-hmm. talked about even in the way back when we from from the the original podcast of like it's just it's just becoming cable at this point, and I went to streaming services yep. to avoid cable. And this is where we are. And the, the amount of NFL fans who were upset that they had to watch a game on Paramount when I had Paramount was like, okay, well, I don't have to go sh- illegally stream this game. I can go watch Paramount because I don't want to spend $90 for a cable subscription when I have all these streaming services anyway. Yeah. And, like, let's be real. These streaming services are making people go pirate stuff by not letting them share passwords. A hundred percent. Like, oh if my you wanted God, the viewership, dude. you could have had it, but now you're forcing people to stop sharing passwords. So Plex server it is. Yeah, Plex server it is. I'm digitizing. Alex, you have motivated me to to go in and digitize mm-hmm. my my library. Um, and you know, if you want it, holler at me. Let's let's, let's do it. I, I will send you my Plex theoretically. Theoretically, theoretically, if I yeah. didn't pirate things, which I definitely do not do that at all. Uh, TM. Yeah. I mean, really, like for me, I'll like, I mean, I'll say like the things that I have pirated have been things that I do not have a legal means of paying yes. for. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like where it's, you yeah. know, because a lot of it, if I'm being honest, is like I was talking about with Game Boy games where it's like there's literally not a way to put money in the publisher's hand for this. And I'm not about to pay somebody on eBay like out the nose and, you know, just to get a cartridge that may or may not work. Um so yeah, like getting a ROM of that is the alternative. Um, and again, like we said, we believe in paying for things when, you know, when you can and when you have the means and showing your support other ways, like requesting, you know, you can go on your, uh, if you have a library card, you can probably go on their website and request things. Um, yeah. I know that Multnomah County Library in Oregon, you can request two things a month. Um, and I don't know like if they pick up literally everything people request or if they're just like looking for trends, but yeah, if a movie you want, isn't there a book or a CD or whatever, you can be like, Hey, you guys should pick this up. And that, you know, gets it at least looked at, gets it maybe purchased because libraries buy, you know, more than one copy of things often. Um, so yeah, just like support the stuff that you like and pass it on. I think that's a great point, Alex. Um, we, we recently uh, went and got library cards at our local library here over here in San Jose. And I am blown away, uh, with with the amount of manga collection that they have, the DVD collections that they have. So if you're looking for a place that's like, that gives that blockbuster feel, go to your local library, man, because they probably Mm -hmm. have some pretty good stuff there, whether it's books, audio books, uh, they had video games, which I'd never seen at a library before. They had original Xbox games at a library. I saw, um, 
Perfect Dark. I saw it's like so many of like the okay. OG, some of the OG Xbox games that I played were at my local library. So if you get anything, I, I think yeah. for me personally, if you get anything out of like the, the podcast today, go check out your local library to go find some physical media because they probably have it there. Yeah. Um, and if your library is cool, like ours, they, well, I think ours is starting to do it more often, but they do this event called, uh, I think it's called Friends of the Library, where the stuff that they're taking out of rotation, they put up for sale. Mm-hmm. And A it's like their books, their movies, their music, like you can just like walk in. And I think we bought like the entire series of Eureka for like $14. Um, and it was like, deal. cool, now we have those DVDs and we yeah. can you know watch them when we want. um but yeah it's yeah like libraries are great um i have a copy of clerks 2 signed by kevin smith but what makes it special is that it still has a blockbuster sticker on it yeah because i bought it when blockbuster was going out of business and so like half of the dvds i do own are like that nasty plastic that isn't completely see-through and like yeah so degrades over time just mm-hmm. shrinkling in on itself oh yeah ah, perfect that's uh my copy of have you guys seen or heard of uh the whackness Never. Uh, it's a weird coming of age movie starring josh peck and ben kingsley oh where josh peck plays a drug dealer in the 90s and ben kingsley plays his therapist <laughs> oh sign God. me up um Next time it's I'm surprisingly in town. a good You're- movie um but yeah i bought it when a hollywood video was going out of business and so it's got that sticker across the front that's never coming off yeah next um, time in town you, you got to pop that in for me because oh, i don't think i can find definitely. that on streaming anywhere <laughs> i honestly i can't imagine that it's anywhere <laughs> but i i enjoyed it now i'm looking because also you. the title is it's not a good title the hoops i gotta jump through to find if something is on streaming is out of control absolutely out of control oh yeah um it is yeah you can rent it places uh it and buy it but it does not look like it is streaming anywhere yeah very obscurely i wanted to watch dragon tales the other day you can't find dragon tales isn't available unless you have a roku tv you got to go to YouTube and find See, a stream of it of some like sketchy stream on YouTube to find my, dragon tales which is crazy for to me, that exact reason my next plan media purchase is the Weird Al movie <laughs> yeah. because it's on it's on Roku or you can buy it digitally other places. But I'm like, I'm just going to buy like the, the Blu-ray. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. But yeah, um, I think that does it for this week. Um, do you guys have any articles or media that you want to recommend? I'll, Kate, you take take the God, take the I that came out of nowhere <laughs> just because I'm trying to think. Oh, dude. The Halo season two actually kind of slaps. So go watch that. I'm so excited. (laughs) Very specifically. Like they, they done turn that ship uh, and it's real good. So yeah, I'm reviewing it episodically. Y'all should watch that. That's what I'm a plug. Oh, great. Uh, We watched the first couple episodes and my wife was like, Oh, I want to play the Halo games. And now we're on Halo three in the (laughs) co-op. Game industry, bring back co-op, couch co-op, please. Thank you. Yep. Love you. Uh, for for me, do I have anything crazy coming out? I, we're, we're way past Valentine's Day, but I really liked my uh, article on uh, action rom-coms. So if you need some action rom-coms to watch, we, we, we got a list I, on, on But Why, though. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's really all where I have. A um, little, little bit lighter this month for me, personally. But yeah, check it out. All right. Uh, for me, I so I finished Bloodborne. Absolutely loved it. Um, would highly recommend it to anyone who is like even curious about that genre of like souls like games. Um, and then inspired by our conversation last week, uh, I went back and just started listening through Queen Latifah's discography. Um, her, her first album, all hail the queen. Absolutely phenomenal. If you have not listened to it, go listen to it. I was like, Oh, I have not listened to this music in a long time. Um, but yeah, that's, those are my two plugs is queen Latifah and bloodborne. Yeah, and I know like, player base is, is, is falling off or, or whatever the case is, but uh, I'm going to play Power World because I'm having so much fun. Oh, yeah. it, it reminds me of my old ARC days where we were playing for, for hours and, and, and had a great time, and the developers really just recently came out and uh, talked about oh, how yeah. 
the uh, how player decline is like a lazy argument, and that you're you should be able to play jump between different games and and, and all those. Oh things. yeah, they were like sometimes when you finish a game you stop playing it, and like yeah, that should and, be a and, normal and healthy thing. Yeah, and and, and Power Wars Power Wars been a lot of fun. So if, if there's anything in terms of like media to consume that I think is uh, yeah. going to a good place, it's those those devs over at Power World. It's been a lot of fun uh, to have that community again in uh, that style of game that I haven't had in, in quite a while. Nice. Um, but yeah, so if you guys liked what you heard here, and if you want more, you're in luck because we're basically everywhere online. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, we have a Patreon. So if you want to throw us a little bit of money, keep the website going, keep the podcast going, and us making the content that you enjoy, the recommendations that you love, um, that's a great way to do it. We also have a Discord you can join. Uh, and you can also, I'm going to say pirate this podcast. I don't know how you would do that, but pirate this podcast. <laughs> and then find me on Twitter at Most Always Alex and let me know that you did. Uh, Kate, where can people find you? You can find me at Omer Mithrandir on Twitter and everywhere else. Blue Sky opened up, so maybe more than just white folks will be on there finally. And maybe I'll go back to posting on it. Excellent. And Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.